your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. So we find ourselves right now at this point in time where there's a huge chasm that exists between the doctors that are constantly learning and staying up with the scientific literature and figuring out what are the most critical labs that need to be ordered and how to interpret those labs to best serve their clients and optimize your physical and mental performance. And then on the other end of this gap, this chasm, you have these physicians who learned what they learned in school 20 to 50 plus years ago from textbooks that were written long before that, and they haven't really learned much since, unless it was taught to them by pharmaceutical representatives that were serving lunch and trying to get them to write prescriptions for their medication. There's nothing wrong with any of that. What is wrong, or at least when it becomes a problem, is when someone suspects they're dealing with an issue and they go to a doctor and that doctor is not trained with the tools or skill set in order to help them. And more and more people are finding themselves in this situation because it's really hard to distinguish between what side of that spectrum along the continuum your doctor exists. And this is little more prevalent than in the case of thyroid disorders. As many of you know, your thyroid is one of the master hormones of the body. It controls our metabolism. It controls our ability to burn fat. And you often hear of many hormones referred to as the fat-burning hormone because so many of us would like to burn more fat, and it's appealing from a marketing perspective. But the thyroid is really the central hub of that biological process. And in today's interview, I sit down with Elle Russ, and she goes into how to figure out if your thyroid function is off. Not just is your thyroid function abnormal, compared to results that were obtained from a population where most people are generally unhealthy, where 70% of the population is overweight and obese. This is how we determined what the normal range is on most thyroid tests. I don't want to fall within that normal range. I don't know about you. So how do we bridge that gap? How do we distinguish, you know, quote unquote, normal from optimal? And what are the right tests that we need? Because most doctors, at least the ones that that were educated decades ago on antiquated information, they order the same TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone test, which is far from capable of giving us a complete picture of what's going on inside of our body. And this episode, Elle and I dig deep. We cover everything well, not everything, but a lot of what you need to know to arm yourself with the information and the strategies and the tactics to self-quantify and diagnose, although I don't like using that word, uh, whether or not you are dealing with a thyroid challenge. And we talk about the tests you need to order, how to interpret those results, and all sorts of really, really good stuff that you won't hear anywhere else. And if you guys dig this episode, or if you've dug any episodes of the Biohacking Secrets Show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Let me know what you think. Even though I don't get to reply to every single one of those, I do read all of them. And those reviews are what makes our episode, what gives it more visibility so that other people like you and I who love to nerd out on this stuff can check it out. And if you don't already have your copy, 
copy of my book, The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus. We're giving away a few more for free at biohackersguide.com. So if you don't already have that, it's over 500 pages of my best tips, tricks, and biohacks for taking your physical and mental performance to the next level, troubleshooting things like suboptimal thyroid function, also referred to as hypothyroidism. And that website, again, is biohackersguide.com. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my episode on biohacking hypothyroidism with L. Russ. Hey, everyone. I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks, and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. So you have um, you've been recently dispelling a very common misconception that um, the ketogenic diet and the paleo diet can cause hypothyroidism or are behind them. And, and before we get into some of those misconceptions and, and what you've seen in the scientific literature, um, give us a little bit of background on your experience. Was was hypothyroid something that um, that that you went through yourself and that motivated you to help other people or um, Where'd you kind of get your start? Um, well, I had never had the intention of becoming a health author. I was I was a comedy writer. Uh, I am writing TV and film, things like that. I never had an interest in you know nonfiction health, other than just I wanted to be healthy and live a good life. Now, being out in Los Angeles and pursuing a career in acting and entertainment, it was just expected of us, you know, especially in the category that I'm in, which was like at the time ingenue, leading lady, that you better look like an athlete. You know, you better be fit, better have low per body percentage fat. So, you know, I was doing all I could to be this great model of what that leading lady needed to look like. And so I followed a lot of conventional wisdom. I followed the zone. I followed South Beach. I, I followed what I thought was out there. Eat every two, three hours, keep the insulin steady, three meals, you know, two snacks, da, da, da. And in the quest for the ultimate body and health. Now, here's the thing. I did achieve what looked like the pillar of health. People would walk up to me and go, ooh, you must work out. You know, what a compliment, right? But I was dying inside because I was a sugar addict and I was freaking out and I was having hangry hypoglycemic meltdowns three hours after not eating. And I thought to myself, well, hold on a minute. If this way of living got me this body, then clearly this must be the way it is. But why is it so horrible? I'm struggling. Either people aren't talking about their food disorders and their struggles and they're not voicing it or something is inherently wrong with me and I've got to go to Overeaters Anonymous. Now, what was really the problem there? I was a carbohydrate dependent sugar burner. Okay. It's never going to work out for anyone because humans are not meant to live that way. And we can get into the details of that in a minute. But so essentially in my ultimate quest for health and following conventional wisdom, I gave myself hypothyroidism. <laughs> I mean, I, I really screwed up my whole entire deal. And to my credit at the time, I didn't even have this information available to me. There was no such talk of ancestral health or paleoprimal or, or any of these things. The closest to it was Atkins, and Atkins was kind of a mismanaged hodgepodge of a paradigm that kind of got some of it right, but missed the boat on a lot of it. You know, they still allowed for processed dairy or grains and other junk and oils and things like that that we wouldn't do with paleoprimal. So that wasn't the answer. And what happened to me was is 
I became an expert in this because over 50 doctors in 10 years failed me. I ended up dosing myself twice in 10 years and fixing two severe, severe problems of hypothyroidism without a doctor. So I had to be my own doctor. I don't have a medical degree. So you can imagine how stressful and scary that is. I, they all talk about the ultimate biohacking. Well, it worked. And then when it worked, um, what, what were you doing that you were finding success with? Cause you'd probably tried a lot, um, with these doctors, I, I would assume the prescription route. Synthroid and nature. Uh, well, Synthroid, Synthroid is like the overly kind of number one terrible medications prescribed for thyroid hormone. Um, and I'd like to. Talk well, I was on, on I was mis too. I was misdiagnosed with things. Um, okay, so let me just start off with this. The thyroid gland is the master gland of the human body for every human being, male or female. Everyone listening to this podcast right now has a thyroid gland, unless it was surgically removed. And if it was surgically removed, you are taking thyroid hormones or you're not listening to this podcast because you're dead. Okay. So here's the other thing. Now, let's say you were born without a thyroid, then you are one in a good gazillion people. And in the event of that case, they'd have to administer thyroid hormones right away to that baby because you die. So if you're going to die without a thyroid gland, AKA thyroid hormones, what do you think life's going to be like when you're living in a suboptimal thyroid status world? I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get a disease that will kill you that you otherwise would have not gotten if you weren't in a hypothyroid state. Okay. So everybody listening needs to understand that this gland needs to be nourished, treated properly, fed correctly, and sent the right messages. Those messages come in mental forms and they also come in physical. Okay. Now, people might look at my book, Oh, the Paleo Thyroid Solution. Oh, I get it. Uh, you get fat when you get hypothyroid because you have no metabolism. So, oh, then you go paleo to lose the weight. Sounds real easy and it's real gimmicky, but that there's so much more to that. It's actually not the case. It's not why I wrote the book. It's not the paleo part, it's not just the weight loss part. Paleo primal nutrition, and most people do not know this and have no idea, and only surface people who go on the internet and research paleo primal, it's a caveman thing where you eat a bunch of meat. I, I, you know, I mean, how many times do, do we get that? It's really not. At the end of the day, it is the ultimate in blood glucose management and the ultimate in adrenal management, and those things are tied tightly to thyroid and to testosterone and everything else. So this is not a gimmicky thing about how to lose the weight you once gained. Now, that is the case though. Most people with hypothyroidism, meaning underactive, let me get back to this gland. This master gland of the human body controls everything. It controls the production and the regulation of all of your sex hormones. It is emits the only fat-burning hormone in the body, period, end of story, called T3. It's a thyroid hormone period. We don't have another fat burning hormone. There's other things and processes. And of course, the whole soup has to be working together to create a fat burning state, but it is proper amounts of this thyroid hormone called T3. And just to highlight that, if you were to Google T3 or Cytomel, which is the brand name version of that, or Lyothyronine Sodium, about 500 million bodybuilding websites will pop up. Why? Because bodybuilders jam themselves with thyroid hormones for six to eight weeks before a competition so that they can burn as much fat as quickly and humanly as possible. That should tell you everything you need to know about the thyroid. 
So that's, yeah. So that's why when you're hypothyroid, you get fat, you have no T3, you're not burning fat, you're 96 degrees, you're freezing, your hair is falling out. Now you get acne. Now you've got, I don't know, fibroids. Now you're a guy and you're not getting harm, hard ons and you, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're, you're, you get man boobs. Yeah, that's thyroid. You have low testosterone. That's thyroid. You have depression. Check your thyroid. Everything is related to thyroid, brain function, our heart rate. That's why people who are hyperthyroid, meaning they have too much T3, they are sweaty, clammy, bug eyes, often very skinny, can't gain weight, are pooping all the time, really high heart rate, could have a heart attack, very, very dangerous, and then that will backfire on you too. So people listening going, oh, I get it. I'll just take as much T3 to burn all this excess fat it'll backfire. We are in a Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. You overdo T3 and it will become inflammatory. Your appetite will increase. The blood glucose will get messed up. And now you could be sent into being super fat as someone who's an overactive. So it really is the right balance, not too hot, not too cold. How do we know this? Well, as humans, we all have an average temperature. 98.6 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit in the afternoon. Now, if you're in the ballpark, 98.4 to 9, you know, you don't have to hit it every time. But the bottom line is, is a reason we have that average temperature because there's enzymatic processes and so many things in our body that require a certain temperature, right? Funguses can't grow, certain things can't get out of hand. So when you're hypothyroid, when I was seriously hypothyroid and had almost no levels of T3, aside from being fat, bloated, a total mess in every way, it was, and, and brain function being off. I mean, there's, I was 96 degrees all day long. You're freezing even when it's 90 degrees out. So this is the thyroid gland and how it works should be a concern to everybody because it has to do with your overall health in every arena. And let's talk about sex hormones for a second. So you're a guy and you're working out at the gym and you're doing everything you can to retain muscle. So now you've got low thyroid status, your testosterone is going to start to drop, the muscles are going to break down and guys will become exhausted and cold and maybe fat. Women have sometimes have symptoms that show up that are different, like gynecological and other things like heavy periods, bleeding all the time, getting misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome as I was once misdiagnosed. Now, someone might go, well, how did I, how would I get misdiagnosed? I went to three gynecologists and they all told me I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And my answer would be, did they check your effing thyroid? What's causing it? What's causing the problem? What's causing the imbalance that would lead to that? Okay. So this is where you check the thyroid for everything. You go in, you think your teenage daughter's bipolar, get her thyroid checked. She might have Hashimoto's. She might be having swings of hyper and hypo. You know, you've been depressed for a while. You go to a doctor, they give you Prozac. Good luck with that. If you have a thyroid problem, that might work for two, three months. And then it's not going to work anymore because you never address the root of the problem. People treat, doctors treat patients for depression with T3. Okay. So, It is absolutely imperative that not only as a person in this world, you send the right messages to your thyroid gland so that it works properly and outputs properly and metabolizes its hormones properly, but that you're also providing this primordial baseline soup that is going to receive and accept and not be antagonistic to that whole feedback loop and this process that goes on because you literally cannot live without it. If you don't have a thyroid gland right now and you go to Stranded Island without your medication, See you later. So this is fascinating. And I want to make sure I got your story right. So you were eating way too many carbs following. No, 
No, no, no. Actually, it was, well, possibly. But what it was is I was on the South Beach zone, the eat every two, three hours, that whole false paradigm of you should always keep your insulin steady. That is a false paradigm. No, we don't want to tap it unnecessarily, period, end of story. And so if you're a sugar burner and you're hypoglycemic, which usually sugar burners are, and how do you know if you're a sugar burner? Ask yourself, can you go six, seven, eight hours from now without eating a thing and not have a mental, emotional breakdown of some kind and not get sleepy, not get angry, not get cranky? I can. I I I right now could go the next 24 hours without eating a bite of food. I would be flying high in every way. I could probably do five workouts. I could read five books. And you'd be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm fat adapted. Because I'm fat adapted, which means I am not a sugar burner anymore. I am doing what our DNA and our genetics expect of us, which is to primarily be fueled by fat, not carbohydrates, not be carbohydrate dependent. So carbohydrate dependency leads to insulin resistance slash you know, type 2 diabetes. And those things are also hand in hand with thyroid. Often people with mismanaged diabetes get thyroid problems. Most people who develop insulin resistance and stuff, it can then lead to thyroid problems. So that's why a high fat, moderate protein, low carb paradigm not only works for all humans as what our baseline is genetically, but it also happens to coincide with most diseases and issues in this world, interestingly enough. Coincidentally enough. (laughs) So you... How did you how did you bridge the gap from insulin resistance, carbohydrate dependence, sugar addiction to where you are now, where you could go six to eight hours and be fine? Um, going, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that? well, you have to take well. What you have to do is you have to take three to four weeks. It takes about twenty one days, as <clears throat> my publisher and and sort of granddaddy of this movement, Mark Sisson, who's the author of the bestseller, The Primal Blueprint and um, Keto Reset, and he wrote a book called the 21 day, you know, primal blueprint challenge. I say about a month, you know, but it really takes about 21 days to switch over and get your body into the fat burning mode and training your body to rely on that and come out of the carbohydrate dependency. And what does that require? It only literally requires willpower from mouth to anus. You don't have to work out. You don't have to lift a finger. You can be obese and not stand up for more than two minutes a day and you would still become fat adapted if you follow that. So all that it takes is about a month of mental willpower. And once you're beyond that, everything's gone. So for example, I used to be a big food addict, a sugar addict. I thought about food all the time. I would eat a meal and be thinking and strategizing about what I'd be able to get away with later. That is the food addict. And if anyone's listening and there's sugar and a food addict and think about food all the time, I understand you. And I thought there was something inherently wrong with me. I cannot believe I found this so late in life because the success stories we get at the Primal Blueprint and in general from this way of living. Yes, people cure diseases, they lose 100 pounds, but the, the one that everybody's like, oh my God, thank God, is I don't care about food anymore. I'm not obsessed. I barely think about it. I never knew my life could be like this. And that's literally the, the world I'm living in now. I cannot believe. Now, so bring the mind of me now, who's totally satiated, could go 12 hours without food, not even know or care or barely even think about food before to the old paradigm where I literally was like, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Everyone else seems to not be taught. No one else seems to be obsessed. Why me? I thought it was, I'm cursed. This is my problem. It's not. I unbeknownst to myself became carbohydrate pendant. 
Everyone with type 2 diabetes in this country gave it to themselves. Are they to be blamed? No, most people gave it to themselves unbeknownst to them. They're following the government food pyramid, which is a diabetes-making pyramid, by the way. And, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking, oh, a banana's healthy, right? Banana and some raisins with, oh my God, no, no, it's not. But people don't know. So, but I'm here to tell you though, Type 2 diabetes is given to oneself, and the only way to get rid of it is to get rid of it yourself. You give it to yourself, mouth to anus, the only way to take it away is mouth to anus. It's the only way to do it. And the only thing that will reverse type 2 diabetes naturally, period, end of story, is a high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb paradigm. There is no other way to get off of insulin. There is no other way to correct that problem. That should say a lot about a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, an, we have an epidemic in this country. People, how do people get there? They had over three hundred plus car, grams of carbs a day. There's, there's no uh, mystery as to how you get type two diabetes, and there's no mystery as to how to get rid of it. Okay, it's just that. So, so given that scenario, um, when you're carbohydrate dependent, you're a crack addict almost. Except the crack is sugar, and it. And some people go, well, I don't have a sweet tooth. Do you eat bread? Do you eat chips? Your body knows no difference between three slices of mango and a Coca-Cola. They both have 38 grams of carbohydrates. End of story. Your body processes it the same way. So what if, what if someone listening was saying, well, the mango contains a lot of fiber that slows the body's glycemic response and comes with other benefits in terms of the way that it impacts the gut microbiome and feeds them, whereas Coca-Cola doesn't have either of those things? Well, I would say, of course, if you had to choose between those two, I would not choose the Coca-Cola. I would choose the mango. The mango might have vitamin C, right? It has some antioxidants. But again, those are all canceled out by the carbohydrate level at some point if you can't afford it. So if you're overweight and you're a food addict and da-da-da, then you have to get to a certain point where you can kind of afford that mango. Do you know what I mean? Because right. otherwise, it's two steps forward, five steps backwards. So, so during, it's not that you'll never be able to have three slices of mango. It's just that how quickly do you want to get better? And those are the things that aren't a part of that program. When you're living a low carb paradigm, you know, one baked potato, one large baked potato is 64 grams of carbohydrates in a day for a small woman like myself, who's five, two, who might probably not go over 80 grams of carbohydrates. I just blew my whole day in carbs on a Potato. No, I'm totally willing to do that. I love baked potatoes. I load it up with bacon, sour cream, butter. By the way, I want to give an example because this is in my book. Let's take a large baked potato with all the fixings, butter, chives, uh, sour cream, and bacon. Okay. Amazing. Who doesn't want that? The same carbohydrate level in that fantastic, delicious mess I just mentioned, the same amount of carbohydrates is in seven rice cakes and a glass of orange juice. What do you want to have? You know, because let me tell you something, that potato, despite the carb content, with all of the fat that I'm eating with it, and a little bit of protein, but the bacon and the butter and all that stuff, that's going to satiate me for hours. After that seven rice cakes and that glass of orange juice, you're going to be starving in two hours, starving in two hours and no satiety, and then probably be starving in another two hours. You know, you eat pasta for lunch, you fall asleep at two. There's, there's no mystery as to why that happens. You get jacked up and you get let down. <laughs> it's glucose is glucose, you know, and that's really the culprit here. So if we were going to break this down into steps for someone where, uh, and, and please add different steps if I'm missing something, but like getting your thyroid checked, doing a 21 day reset, um, 
and, or like even doing, doing a test yourself, if you're taking your temperature in the morning, if, if you believe that that is a, an effective, you know, uh, barometer, if, if maybe blood testing isn't affordable or something for someone, um, is there another step in the process and what's the order that someone who knows they're a sugar addict knows, Oh, like if they actually track their carbs, they realize they're at 300 a day. Um, do they start reducing or, Oh, I should obviously add T3 or nature thread or armor or something like that is probably a part of it for some people. What's the order? Do you reduce the carbs? Do you get the testing? Do you, um, you do, you do it all at once. You do. So this is what you do. So let's say, I mean, obviously people would like to avoid going on thyroid hormones. Okay. And I don't like to call it medication because medication is usually some manipulative thing that messes with your system in a way it's not supposed to work. Hormones are giving you what you don't have. Okay. So I, you know, people go, I don't want to go on medication. And you're like, don't look at it like medication. It's giving yourself what you are missing that you need. You know what I mean? So, um, like lots of people want to try to avoid that. Why wouldn't you want to try to get your endocrine system working, you know, perfectly as you can. So yes, in my book, there are a bunch of protocols. The first one is, Hey, shoot for it naturally. I've seen people turn around their whole entire life and thyroid status in six to eight weeks. Okay. So what would that entail? That would entail immediately cleaning out cupboard, going strict paleo primal, um, and starting to clean out the diet. Whether you can get fat adapted right away or if you are really hypothyroid to the point where no amount of diet or supplements are going to help it, then no amount of paleo primal living is going to get you fat adapted because you cannot get fat adapted when you have a zero metabolism. However, sometimes people just stagnate themselves. For example, women who are menstruating females and work out, they lose iron more than most people. And so iron storage can get low. That can cause a thyroid problem. Most people are deficient in selenium. Start taking 200 micrograms of selenium a day, just right off the bat for the next couple of months. You know, I mean, just get some selenium in there. It's depleted from our soil. Get your gut health in check. Do all that you can. But that being said, if you are metabolically hypothyroid, sometimes those things can fix that up and soup it up and make your own thyroid status work better and get to where it needs to go. And sometimes that's all people need to do. But if that doesn't work, there's an inability, it's almost like this, hypothyroid people, particularly because they have no metabolism, often get fatter, okay? So even if it's 10 pounds on someone or 50 pounds on someone, no one's happy with it and everyone wants to lose weight. They're like, how can I lose weight? How can I lose weight? My thing is, until you fix the thyroid, you never will. Don't bother. Don't waste your time because you're going to make yourself fatter. When you don't have thyroid hormones to create energy for you, your adrenals take over. That's why you get adrenal fatigue when you're hypo and undiagnosed for a while because your adrenals are the only thing that are like, keeping you up and awake. And they're also making you crave the carbs. So oftentimes if you're hypothyroid, you do have a borderline sort of sugar problem eating disorder. And until you fix the thyroid, you can't totally get out of it. So it, it requires exercising maybe a little bit more willpower than most in that first month. And it's not to say that it's going to work, but at least you're on the route to fixing up the blood glucose, you know, uh, uh, wonkiness, the adrenals, and you're cleaning out the toxin stuff and the triggers for other thyroid problems like grains, trigger Hashimoto's. We know that for sure. So there are things you can do along the way, you know, and then you test it again in six to eight weeks. Did stuff get better? Do you feel a little better? Great. Keep going. You know, maybe this thing will get resolved in three months and your thyroid gets recalibrated and you're doing great. If not, then you go to the next stage, which is okay. Let's take thyroid hormones. Which one? How do I take it? And then you've done everything already to create this perfect baseline to receive and metabolize the thyroid hormones properly. 
Okay. If you take a certain thyroid hormone and your body's all jacked up, it's not going to work. You can give a patient all the thyroid hormones you want. Do they have the baseline to support and metabolize it? And that is something only the patient can actually make happen. No doctor can make your body the proper receiver of these thyroid hormones and the proper metabolizer. Only you have the control over that. So that's something a doctor cannot help you with. It's also the reason people stay sick forever. They've been on Synthroid for 10 years. They still don't feel right. The doctor goes, oh, you're always going to have problems with weight because you're hypothyroid. By the way, it's bullshit. It's a lie. And it's just a doctor that doesn't know how to treat you properly. And he gives up and goes, oh, no, you're hypothyroid. I guess you're just always going to be fat. The, the, the problem with that is the patient usually doesn't even know what they're taking or how it's working. And secondly, no doctor can tell you what this needs to be in order to receive what they're giving you. And they're not going to tell you because most of them are uninformed and know nothing about nutrition or any of this stuff. So again, you can willy-nilly take all the thyroid hormones you want and hope that they're going to work, but there is more to that story. And that story is really personal biohacking and um, you know something a doctor cannot do for you. So that's another thing as well. I, I've had thyroid hormones be rejected. I'm on a very, I'm on a somewhat controversial thyroid hormone replacement. I take T3 every day, T3 only. Most patients don't. It's a last resort for a lot of patients for a million reasons. I won't get into that right this second. But the bottom line is, I, the reason I'm on T3 only is because T4 failed me. It, my body rejected it. It did not convert into what it was supposed to. Okay. So what was going on here? What's in here that makes these hormones then not work? Okay. SIBO, Lyme's disease, Epstein-Barr, um, he he heavy metals. I have a personal story about heavy metals. I had a, about a, about a, uh, last January, actually, or February, I had a gut vibe. I went keto. <laughs> so we could talk, get into this discussion. Keto makes you more T3 efficient, okay? So I was taking T3, and as I went keto, I started to notice that I had to drop my medication constantly, like every couple of days, because I kept getting hyperthyroid, meaning whatever dose I was taking kept becoming too much and too much until finally I was on like five micrograms, which is barely anything. And I called my doctor and I said, is it possible after 13 years, my own thyroid is coming back? I, I kind of think it's happening. Let's get this stuff tested. We did. My thyroid was kind of full back in swing, but I still had this issue of not being able to convert T4 to T3, which would make me stay as a, a T3 only patient. And the and doctor you were saying that because your T4 levels on blood tests were high, but your T3 levels were still at like suboptimal. And you're no, like, uh, there's, we do a ratio between reverse T3 and T4. And if that ratio is 20 or higher, uh, you're pretty good to go. Sometimes 15 or higher is okay if the person's healthy. But if that ratio is really much under 18, you've got an issue. And does, if you give a patient T4 after that, you are hurting them. It's malpractice at that point, in my opinion. And you're an idiot doctor. And if you don't test, let me just rattle them off right now for the for the audience. Yeah, I'd love to. Let hear. me rattle off the six tests that are the first order of business in thyroid health. You That's must right. get all these tests. And by the way, this happens. I have best friends. I have family members who I tell to get these tests. They come back and they go and they don't have the test. Like one or two are missing. Yeah. And they go, oh, I just thought I'd get this process started. No, they all have to be taken together at once. You insist on it. If you're a doctor, you say, I need you to take every single one of these tests. If you're not planning on that and you're not going to agree to that, then you need to let me know right now so I don't waste a blood draw and I don't waste any money. I'll go get it tested on my own. Thank you very much. Okay, so make sure you get these tests. You want to get TSH, free T3, free is in freedom, F-R-E-E, free T3. 
free T4, reverse T3, and then you want to get two Hashimoto's antibodies test to rule them out. So, you know, because it's an extra thing that you would need to know as a thyroid patient if you had Hashimoto's. The two antibody tests, one is called TPOAB, that stands for thyroid peroxidase antibody. The other one is TGAB, stands for thyroid globulin antibody. Okay, so you get both of those and you get tested for both. Most doctors only test for one. You might be positive for one and not the other, so you get both tested. Again, TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and then the two thyroid antibodies. Now, there are plenty of other tests beyond there. There's B12, there's vitamin D, there's ferritin, iron store, there's a lot, there's several others. Those are the basics. If you can only afford to get that, get that panel. That's, that's awesome. And do you, I, I, I think, you know, I'll have to double check, but I think life extension offers a lot of these where people can get it on their own. Is there another? Do, I, yeah, I do private MD labs. I like them too. Life extension can do it. Um, if you go to stop the thyroidmadness.com, it's the best website for thyroid health. It's another fellow thyroid author. She's great. Uh, she has some connections to getting labs, some deals, some comprehensive deals with some lab companies. You should go take a look at that. I, I like private MD labs because they always have a 15% off coupon code pretty much online. And then they send them to you once you do one order, you know, every month you'll get it. And I just, it's great. You can get it tested on your own, have them emailed to you. And then you can take those to a variety of doctors. If you go to one doctor and you don't like them, you take them to the other. So it's, it's easier and quicker, but like you said, home diagnostics are important. I talk about this in my book and you can get the information free from uh, the Stop the Thyroid Madness website, uh, probably about taking temps. People think they know how to take temps. I know this sounds real dumb. I'm going to mention this. So it seems like the, a second grader could take a temp, right? But here's, here's the deal. You don't want to use a digital thermometer. They're not reliable for this kind of thing that I'm talking about. Okay. We use what we call a Gerotherm thermometer. It's like 10 bucks. It looks like the old school mercury thermometer where it has like a little metal ball at the bottom, but it's not mercury, but you still need to shake it down like the old school mercury thermometers. Okay. Or if you have a mercury thermometer, old school, use that. And there's a very specific way to take your temps and you really have to hold that bulky thing under your tongue for seven to 10 minutes to get an accurate temp and you take morning and you take afternoon around three 30. And of course, not after you run up a flight of stairs or smoked a joint or ate a big Mac. I mean, that's, that's not the time to go take a temp. You got to like be chilling for 30 minutes, you know? And the, the joint person may satisfy that criteria. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, don't smoke a joint. And then, um, uh, other diagnostics, having a blood pressure monitor at home. I, I, I have a continuous heart rate monitor on my wrist. That, that's been extremely uh, useful. So basically in the morning, and when I say morning, I mean the, the thermometer's next to the bed. You don't even get out of the covers. You don't get up to pee. You don't move. You literally take your arm, you reach over, you grab the thermometer, you put the iPhone timer on, whatever, and you sit there. It's boring. You might have to pee. Don't sit up. Just stay under the covers and do it. That will give you your basal temperature. It should be between 97.7 and 98.2 or 97.8 and 98.3. Those are point off ranges. Okay. If you're much below 97.7, it's indicative of a thyroid problem. Now in the afternoon, 3.30, same thing. You do the same thing, but you could just be sitting there. You don't have to lay down, but as long as you're sitting there, you can watch TV. You could be just chilling, working at the computer, but as long as you're chilling, not drinking hot coffee or, you know, again, smoking, eating, drinking, as long as you're just chilling, you do the same thing and it should be 98.6 or close to it. 
you know, 98.4, 98.5. Um, That's 3.30 p.m.? Yeah, about 3.30 p.m. So you do it twice a day and you get a five-day average. And if, it, if they're low, you got issues. Now, there's another whole protocol in my book for using temps to test adrenal sufficiency. That is a whole nother thing. Um, now the best time to take temps for women are a few days after their period, the first half of the cycle. So in the second half of the a woman's cycle, like after ovulation, temperatures will raise, but the differences between them won't like the fluctuations won't. So the overall temps may raise a little bit and you'll feel warmer, but it's just better to get an accurate picture probably in the first 15, you know, per, first 10 days of a cycle. And I would just do that for, for women, for men, you could do it anytime. This is brilliant. So just to recap and make sure I got, I have the notes correct. Best test, TSH, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and then the two Hashimoto's antibodies, the TPOAB and the TGAB. And right. You- and let me make a point about this. The reverse yeah. T3 and the free T3 have to be taken at the same time, usually. So don't go in and get like three of them done and then go to another blood test three weeks later and be like, oh, I didn't get that reverse. Nope. Get them all together. Get them all together. Now, the way to calculate the ratio, you could just Google reverse T3 calculator. There are a couple online calculators where you put the units of measurement first for the free T3. It's usually like NG slash DL. You put in the value and you quick calculate. If your ratio is not 20 or higher, do not go on T4 medication. Be very wary before you take anything with T4. So that's levothyroxine, that's Synthroid, that's Armor, that's anything with T4 in it. Armor and natural desiccated have T4 and T3 in them, okay? But they still have T4 in them. So if you're having a reverse T3 issue, you do not want to take any T4. And so you want to rule that out. You want to always rule it out before starting thyroid hormone or it can backfire on you and make you more hypo. So let everyone's lesson be learned. Do not go to a doctor that doesn't know what reverse T3 is or doesn't test free T3. You might be able to work with a dummy doctor who doesn't know that, but you're going to have to get them to test it. They might not be able to assess it correctly. So you're going to have to assess it correctly. But if you go to a thyroid doctor and they don't even test reverse T3 or free T3, you're with a moron, literally a moron that will hurt you. They have no idea what you're talking about. And you run, you run from that doctor unless you can somehow educate them differently. And you probably will have a hard time getting cytomel from that doctor, even if the tests come back and you look at them. They won't, they won't give you cytomel, no, uh, almost no doc. I mean, it's the doctors are so scared of cytomel and T3, which is really ridiculous. Um, and they, they don't know how to use it. They might experiment with it incorrectly. Um, and you might not necessarily have to take T3. If you have a reverse T3 problem, there are protocols to reduce it naturally. If you have a reverse T3 problem and you're on a T4, T3 combo, you're on Synthroid or whatever, there are ways There are ways to biohack this. You can reduce that T4, add some T3, so you have both there. Take extra selenium, like four to 600 micrograms a day for a couple of months, and then work on cleaning up the underlying causes of a reverse T3 problem. What would screw with thyroid? Well, so I went off thyroid hormone uh, months ago. My thyroid's working great. I'm feeling great, but we take the test and we realize I still have a very serious reverse T3 issue. The ratio was like 14 and or like 12. And the doctor on my book said, hold on a minute. Did we ever test you for heavy metals? Because we did a whole bunch of tests. And I said, no, actually we didn't. 
Turns out I had extremely high mercury and I didn't realize I had a silver filling still in my mouth. What test did you use? Uh, the Genova diagnostics test. And I believe mine was, I think what the doctor writes, but you know, you take a pill and then you've got to pee into this thing. Mine was like a six hour window. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was like a six hour window. So I had really high mercury and some other junk in there. So he was like, okay, well, this is the last thing that we know that could be messing with your thyroid. You know what I mean? So I got the filling replaced. I went on a process for five straight months of doing a natural collation kind of process with a product called uh, Pecticlear by Econugenics. I think it's it's sodium alginate and uh, modified citrus pectin. And so it's a very gentle, longer, doesn't rip you of all the minerals, not severe, you know, situation. I also started going to the sauna every day. I mean, I've been doing my best. Interestingly enough, now we're at about a year after I did this experiment. Once I realized I still had the reverse T3 and the heavy metals, I went back on T3. And I'm still on T3, although I take such a low dose, it's almost crazy. So I will at one point, again, attempt to see if this whole thing will just work right like it did before, 13 years ago, before I even got my problem, right? We'll see. Um, And if not, that's okay. And if not, and my reverse T3 problem goes away, I will go back on NatureThroid. I will go back on a desiccated because it's problematic to be on T3 only. The dose that I am on, it's less problematic, but it's a pain in the ass. It's not the way, it's not the way it's supposed to work. You really do want this whole feedback loop in, in, engaged. So, um, but I wouldn't ever take T4 while I still had a reverse T3 problem. Personally, I wouldn't um, because it's not going to get converted into the thing that matters and it'll make you more hypothyroid. So, and, and I know we're, I've missed a lot of the boat here on explaining the whole mechanism of the thyroid and how this works. And there's a lot of terms here. Um, I, but, I think uh, this, yeah. this is great so far. Um, oh, good. So, so I mean, T3 only. So I take, let's see, I take um, five, 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 10. I take 12.5 micrograms of T3 a day split into three doses. So like the, it's really low. Most humans make about 30 micro. Yeah, the, well, m- most people are normal, make about 30 to 40 micrograms of T3 a day, let's say. Right. Um, why do I take so low? I'm really efficient now. I'm dialed in with keto, which makes you more T3 efficient. And also, um, I believe I have gotten rid of this mercury and all this stuff over the months. I mean, there's definitely a difference in what's changing in my body. In fact, even recently, I had to reduce my dose from 20 micrograms down to 12. Um so whether I'll be able to reduce further and get off it completely, great. And if not, that's okay. I'm happy taking a little bit of T3. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm sure my TSH is still active. I'm sure I, I'm not fully suppressing. I have fully suppressed my thyroid. There's nothing wrong with that. But right now it seems like things are kind of 80% working and I'm just uh, supplementing it. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see if this whole thing gets turned around. And if not, again, it's okay. What do you need to live to be healthy? If I That means I have to take... 12 micrograms of T3 for the rest of my life, you better believe I'm going to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And um, and I found, I've taken Cytomel in the past and, and found that it made, uh, I mean, I, I took WP Thyroid Armor um, and Cytomel. The Armor, I wasn't, didn't work as well for me as the WP. Um, and I, I felt great. Like you notice a big increase in your energy, especially if you're low. Um, and And I've, seen women in there dealing with clinical depression 
have it just disappear with a little bit of Cytomel. It disappears. Um, People treat depression with Cytomel. Honestly, five micrograms of Cytomel a day can really just change a whole person's world. Even 2.5 twice a day could change someone's life. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um, It is a lifesaver. And I'll say this. So I hadn't been hypothyroid in a while, but I got off this thyroid hormone like a year ago. Like I said, we, we kind of waited and then we realized, uh-oh, still a reverse T3. Okay, let's do metals. Now, during, this, during that process of that experimenting, I eventually became hypo. I started to exhibit symptoms of hypothyroid again. And it was a horrible place to be. I mean, I knew, thank God I knew what they were. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. So when I started to dip down, I realized, oh, I am really hypo now and, and wh- I'm not going to wait. You know, I'm not going to let myself get fat and bloated while I'm trying to get rid of this mercury. I'm going to go assist myself and give myself T3. So I called the doctor, talked to him about that. And um, it's funny because within 20, well, pretty much 48 hours of taking T3, after being off thyroid hormones for like seven months and then getting pretty damn hypo, pretty bad, like uh, staring into space, driving, going, Oh my God, I'm really hypothyroid. I'm a total mess right now. (laughs) Um, and when I took the first T3 dose, literally, I mean, (laughs) I cannot tell you the difference. So the difference between having low T3 and proper T3 levels is the difference between staring into space and crying in your house like a hermit or having a dance party with like your iPhone in your house. And just like, it's a, it's a completely, my brain cleared up in 48 hours. I mean, it's miraculous. And this happened to me many, many years ago when I was having a reverse T3 problem, discovered it, needed to go on T3. I remember I wrote down in my journal, like the moment I took five micrograms of T3, my brain, I felt my, I can't even explain it. I felt my brain light up a couple hours later. T3 is really direct. It, it, it peaks and dissipates within four hours. So you can really feel the effects of it quickly. And, um, it's amazing the difference. And so it was weird because after all these years, I kind of experienced a little mini bout of hypothyroidism there, uh, in doing this biohack and, it's, it's just such an awful, you can't think, you can't speak, your adrenals are overwhelmed, you can't multitask, you're not fun to be around, you don't want to go do stuff, you know, you're a party pooper, um, you feel awful in your skin and your body, and it's not because you're depressed because you got fat, it's because you're literally falling apart, it feels awful to be in one's skin, so people on the outside go, oh, I bet you're sad, yeah, you got fat, it must be a bummer, no, that's not why I'm sad, I'm sad because I can't think, because <laughs> I can't speak. I have to read a page over and over again. I, someone just told me a story. I don't even remember what they said. I'm forgetting numbers. <laughs> I, I can't, um, my, my, my sex hormones, my everything, you know, I mean, you are literally slowly dying and it's what it feels like. And the, the scary, lonely place is because it affects the brain so much. We have more T3 receptors in our brain than anywhere else. It becomes a scary, lonely thing that no one wants to admit because you don't know what's happening to you because it creeps up slowly. You're exhausted, general malaise, start to give up on your dreams, maybe start giving up working out. You're so tired all the time. You can't think. You have no patience. So yeah, real winner. It ruins relationships. It can ruin marriages because people are undiagnosed. You know, the guy's going, 
I didn't marry that. What happened to her? She's become a total asshole in the past couple of years. And it's like, no, she's been to 50 doctors and no one's testing her correctly and her thyroid's off. That's, I mean, I'm not making excuses for behavior. I'm just saying this happens all the time. There's a success story in my book who quit her job in accounting because she felt like she was getting dumb, didn't know what was happening to her brain and thought, I got to quit before I get fired. So if anyone's out there and they're feeling that, like they're getting dumb, oh, I must be getting old, this, oh, oh, my Aunt Mary, she, she had a, no, 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 don't go there. It's not that. It's your, it's your effing thyroid. It's not that. It's not Aunt Mary. It's not your story about your family. It's literally you don't have proper thyroid hormones and you have no idea that that's what it is. And you're going to doctors for going, it's not your thyroid, you're fine. I went to also that doc, same doctor many of them for a couple of years. I'd love to send them the invoice for the polyp that had to be removed from my uterus because I went undiagnosed for so long. I wonder if they'd pay for that based on their malpractice and their uninformed doctoring, right? Do you know what I mean? Totally. And you, you brought up something um, a little bit subtly when you, when, when you put quotes around like your normal range. And yeah. a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, for, for the nutrition stuff, I'm going to default to your book and say, that's sure. where you go to see recipes and daily targets and how many carbs you want and things like that. Right. Well, yeah, well not, not too many, not recipes in my book, but anyone can just go to primalblueprint.com or Mark's daily apple, which is, you know, granddaddy of all things, paleo primal Marxist. And there are meal plans, there's free videos. There's, you know, you, you can search anything on MarksDailyApple.com or primal blueprint, and you're going to get so much free information without buying a paleo primal book. So you can start there. Perfect. Yes. And then if they want to dig deeper, they can pick up the, the, the 21 day um, book that program that Mark put out in book form. They can pick up your book. The tests though, they, they listen to what we're talking about. They're like, cool, I'm on it. I'm getting free T3, yeah. free T4. They get them. And then it's, it shows where they fall in the quote unquote normal range that is based on a sick population. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. So yes, there is an average. So normal people with normal working thyroids who have no symptoms and they're doing great. There is an average, there is an average of where things lie. And I'll tell you where that is for the TSH. And I'm talking again about normal people not taking thyroid hormone. Okay. Because this would not be applicable to other people. So normal people in this world who have no issues, their thyroids look like this. The free T4 will probably be 1.31, somewhere around there, 1.2 to 1.3. And are these? The, are you looking at these, saying this is where you want to be? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover that in a minute. I'm just okay. telling you where. So even if you tested Mark Sisson's thyroid right now, whatever, anybody who's fit, ripped, doing great, no problems. Okay, so he would probably have a free T3 of mid range. So let's say the free T range is 2.2 to 4.2. He'd probably have a free T3 of 3.1. I've seen super skinny, high metabolism, normal people who have it a little bit higher, like 3.5. Nothing wrong with that as long as they're not hyperthyroid. Then there are people who op, uh, can run a little low. I'm going to give a great example. Tony Federico, he's a, a, you know worked for Paleo Magazine online. He's written a couple paleo books. He's in the sphere. He has no thyroid gland, but he's so dialed in as a fat-adapted primal beast you know, in his life that his free T3 level, even on medication is only 2.9, which is below the mid range. And normally someone on thyroid hormone replacement would have it over the mid range. Why is his lower and he's okay? Because he's T3 efficient. Now this is a whole nother discussion, but at the end of the day, he's so dialed in the primordial baseline is working so well, he needs less T3 to function than other people do. Again, here's the thing. What's right for you? So if you go to a doctor and they're like, oh my God, your T3 is too, you know, you're too high, too low. 
No, what's right for me? How do you feel? Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns were both told that they had a thyroid problem. They had by both two doctors, were like, oh, we're worried about your thyroids. And all the doctor did was test the TSH. It wasn't even testing anything that mattered. So here he is, Mark Sisson's going, I never had a thyroid problem. I don't have any symptoms. I'm not cold. I got it. What are you talking about? You're worried about my thyroid, you know? And so why would a doctor tell him that he was so concerned about his thyroid? It's because that guy's operating in 30 to 40 outdated protocols that he learned 30, 40 years ago, and he has no idea what he's talking about. It's literally the only reason. Now, if you don't believe me, you can read the Q&A in the back of my book with a very decorated functional medicine doctor, also a primal paleo doctor. And he will tell you why doctors don't know this. He will tell you how he didn't learn it, how he got to learn it as a doctor, why it is so critical. So, um, sorry, I don't know. We went round and round there. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, cool. um, so, so, so yeah, you do want to see mid-range. Now, now, TSH, it fluctuates so much throughout the day because it's really not a thyroid hormone. It's a signal from the pituitary. But if it were very high, like above, you know, four, five, the top of the range is five on TSH usually, standard range. Um, if it were really high, what that would be an indication of is that the body, the brain is screaming at the thyroid, TSH, screaming, wake up, wake up, wake up. So for example, I have a friend whose wife has been on Synthroid for many, many years, like 20 years. She just decided one day, screw it, not taken anymore. And three months goes by, we get her blood tested. She has zero T4 and zero T3, none, just got nothing. We don't even know, I don't even know how she's, I, her doctor and I both said the same thing to her. We go, do you have a pulse? <laughs> we were like, how are you alive? Her TSH was 156. Oh. So what that is, it's just the brain. The TSH is just a pituitary hormone that says, yo, 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 yo. So if it's really high, we look at it, but we never look at it alone because it doesn't matter what the hell the brain is saying. What do you got in your body? What's available in your blood? What actually got converted into the right thing or not? Did you get the package? Who cares whether the order has been placed or not? Okay. Right. So, so that's kind of, now, by the way, in my book, I deep this... What you'll find in my book that you won't find in any thyroid book. See, the reason I wrote this is this is the book I couldn't find that I was looking for, you know, when I was hating it. And one of the things was, is, yeah, great, I can get these blood tests, but what the hell? So I detail all of this in my book. I show you what normal thyroid person's blood work looks like, what mine looked like screwed up, what it looked like on NDT, what did it look like on this? I give other people's blood work examples of before and after, okay? So most endocrinologists and doctors, falsely so, these are the uninformed kind, will want to see everybody's free T in the middle of the range. But they are not compensating for overtaking the system if you are taking exogenous thyroid hormones. So what will it look like? And by the way, what I'm about to say, and I say this in my book, this is not a goal. It's just what happens. What I'm about to tell you, you do not strive to achieve. It's just what usually happens. This is what usually happens. When someone has a thyroid hormone and they have to take a thyroid problem and they have to take thyroid hormone, if it is a T4, T3 combo, I don't care if it's compounded T4, T3, natural desiccated, whether it's armor, WP, natural desiccated, all the same thing, but anything with T4, T3 in it. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I lost my train. <laughs> um, so this is like, this is your armor, your WP thyroid. Your right. Sorry. Thyroid. Those are the right. things T4 and T3. This is what you would look out for. What tests, well, here, here, here's how it works. When someone is optimized 
on natural desiccated or a T4, T3 combo, okay? And they're feeling good. They got no more hypothyroid systems. They're like, oh, thank God that is out of my life. I feel great. At that point, the blood work often looks similar. And here's what it looks like. The TSH is usually 0.01. It's fully suppressed, meaning the signal is shut down. Brain signal, we don't need you anymore. F you, we got it because we're taking over, right? Because I'm putting it from my hand to my mouth. So we don't need you anymore to wake up my thyroid to tell it to do something it can't do anyway or hasn't been doing right, right? So it'll yeah. become 0.01. Now, this is a red flag falsely so for a lot of doctors. So if you ever go to a doctor that fears a suppressed TSH in this only particular scenario, because a suppressed TSH in other scenarios is dangerous. That's why I'm being very clear here. This only relates to people on a T4, T3 combination. When those people are optimized, the TSH is usually suppressed. The T4, free T4 is usually 1.31 or 1.4. You don't want it to be much over 1.4. And this is a standard range. Um, Um, and that uh, the standard range of the um, free T4 is usually something like, you know, 0.8 to 2, 1.9, something, you know, something like that. And the free T3 will be mid-range or above. Now, there's a girl in my book, she, uh, a success story in my book, she, she takes natural desiccated thyroid. Um, she's got pretty much that, that blood work, but she operates best when her free T3 is at the top of the range. So like 3.9, 4.0. Now, some doctors, again, dummies, uninformed, would see a lab like that and go, oh, you're on too much. You're hyperthyroid. No one is hyperthyroid because of a damn blood test. There are overstimulation symptoms that are detectable and quantifiable. Heart rate, blood pressure, you know, I mean, temperatures. If you're hyper, your temps are going to be high. You're not going to feel right. You know what I mean? So- any doctor who would say that someone was hyperthyroid because their teeth for three feet to the top of the range is an idiot. Okay. Now, again, some people function well with the same labs, but the free T3 might be a little bit lower. Like I know someone who's doing really well on thyroid hormone replacement. They don't have any problems. Their TSH is pretty suppressed, but their free T4 is maybe like 1.2 and their free T3 is like 2.9 and they're okay with that. Now, if I had a free T3 of 2.9, I'd be hypothyroid. So what is it for you, Joe, Jim, Bob, right? And a doctor that's not going to couture that to the patient, again, you run. If you don't take symptoms into account. So basically, if you go to an endocrinologist, they're going to see everyone's free T3 in the middle of the range, but they are not accounting for these other factors because they're just dummies and they're going based on 30. Also, endocrinologists don't understand reverse T3. They don't prescribe natural desiccated thyroid. Um, they are the worst, worst doctors in the world to see for thyroid health, period. It's horrible because endocrine is in the name of their damn doctoring and they're supposed to be specialists in the endocrine system and they're the worst. So they have the worst egos, they're entrenched in outdated protocols and they, they're very rigid. <laughs> it's hilarious that you bring that up because the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back when, when I was really feeling poorly and, and had that moment that you had, which is like, I'm responsible for, for getting this figured out. You know, for you it was 50 doctors over 10 years. For me, it was, it was, it was the 12th doctor in, in 12 months and it was an endocrinologist. And it was the same thing. He'd looked at my thyroid and he told me I was fine. And I was sitting there like, basically breaking down into tears because I knew I wasn't fine. That's right. Um, 
And, and, and he's denying your symptoms. He's going, I don't believe you because I'm looking at numbers. Well, F you, buddy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and again, why didn't he say it? Because doing? of that, you know? That's right. And so you stay away from endocrinologists. They're the worst. You need to find, a, you know, you need to look into people who've gone above and beyond their training, a truly functional medicine doctor, an integrative physician, a, a DO, even a chiropractor. They can't prescribe necessarily um, thyroid hormone, but they, they understand it. Um, is there a good yeah. place to find the right type of doctor? Is it functionalmedicine.org practitioner search? Is it somewhere else? Well, you know, I give a bunch of information in this email I sent to everyone who's, anyone can just contact me for more thyroid info uh, at lrust.com through the contact. But basically, there's a great free Yahoo group called the Natural Thyroid Hormone Yahoo Group. They were started in 2006 by the author Janie Bothorpe of Stop the Thyroid Madness, which is also the best website for thyroid health. And it's a bunch of moderators sort of like me, maybe not as educated in certain areas, who have the experience as a thyroid patient and help other people for free. You can post your labs, you can get advice and suggestions. The reason I bring them up is if you join their group, they have a good doctor list that is compiled by thyroid patients all over the country, and they have an international one. So if you're looking for that, you go to the Natural Thyroid Hormone Yahoo group, or you can just type in NTH Yahoo group. You join you get approved and then go into the files, look up the good doctor list and look up your state and they have an international one as well. And you can see like there'll be reviews of people that will say, all right, this doc really doesn't get it with this, but they're willing to test that. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to work with whatever you got. Right. And so if that means like you've got a doctor who's kind of a dummy, but maybe they're willing to take some tests you need, or they're willing to experiment and practice with you, you know, uh, so there's honest reviews and honestly, you know, a lot of people who found great doctors on that, um, on that, on that form. So that's, that's one way you can do it for free without having to go through a million other, you know, but what I would say is this, the biggest problem facing anyone with this is that if you think you're going to go out there and have a doctor fix you, don't even, you, you know what, just smack yourself in the face right now. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. If you keep looking for someone to save you, you will never get better because a lot of this is understanding and learning this yourself. Your doctor's not with you every day. A lot of this is intuitive. A lot of this is self-diagnostics. A lot of this is note-taking, being a compliant patient with, you know, taking the right vitamins and supplements. No doctor can fix you. Go to 500 doctors. What are you doing at home? What are you doing to help? What are you doing to learn about it? Let me tell you something. Synthroid is the number one prescribed medication in our country. 23 plus million Americans have thyroid problems, 200 million plus worldwide. It is an epidemic, okay? 99.9% of every thyroid patient I've ever spoken to who is on thyroid hormones has no idea what they do. They couldn't explain to me or you how the thyroid works. They don't even know the thing of which they take. So let me just say this. If you've been one of those people, stop being one of those dummies. Stop it. Because I was that dummy. Had I just, when that first doctor tested my TSH only and said, your thyroid is fine. Just keep working out and eating less. And I'm going, I'm working out two hours a day, buddy. Eating 800 calories. F you. Don't tell me. Let me tell you something. I didn't ask either. I just trusted the doctor. Don't do it. 
And if you do, and you go down the road, remember what I said, you bet, uh, she told me that was going to happen. Yep, I did. I'm telling you now, avoid it now. Avoid it now. Don't waste eight months to a year of BS doctors because, you know, look, it's an overwhelming, depressing place to be. It's barely enough to just get up out of bed and function when you're hypothyroid. But you can only take, you have to take this into your own hands. I don't expect other people to self-dose and do the stuff I did at home, although lots of people have had to do that, unfortunately, because there's uninformed doctors. But you've got to step up and learn. You were diagnosed with the disease. You're taking a pill. Get on it, people. Do you know what I'm saying? Get on it. I cannot impress that upon people more. If you just, and that's why I wrote the book. That's why I have these podcasts because you could find a great doctor who doses you right and you're feeling good. But then what if something happens along the way or 10 years later or the doctor retires? Now what are you going to do? You better know of the thing of which ails you. <laughs> Learn about it. It's just dumb to get a disease and go, ah, I'll let the doctor figure that out. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I totally, you got to totally participate agree. here. So I know that sounds really harsh, but, but don't do what I did. I suffered for two years. I had to have a damn uterine surgery, a polyp removed. I mean, are you kidding me? Who wants to go through that? I also didn't want to spend the $3,000 that that cost, you know? So how quickly do you want to get better? You have to learn this. And frankly, it's really not hard. This is a simple thing. It sounds complicated. We're talking about T3. I look, I have a philosophy degree. I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm here to tell you that this is logical. It is theoretically understandable. You can get, you can really wrap your head around this one. This is one of the less complicated things in our biology. So that's why uh, I wrote the book and it, to really educate and give the patient because I fixed myself. No doctor helped me. Now I will say this though: writing the book saved my life because. Things can go wrong when you're in a hypothyroid state for many years, of which no amount of diet or exercise or even thyroid hormone can reverse. Things can get off into different directions. And it did happen to me. So when I wrote the book, I finally wanted to find a doctor who would corroborate my opinion. And I found one. He's great. And he was so amazing, Dr. Forsman on my book, that I said, you know what? I think I'm ready to probably have a doctor, you know, because I hated doctors, right? I didn't, you know, they were all, they all failed me. So finally I said, hey, do you want to be my doctor? And I got a big workup and it turns out I could have had a stroke or a heart attack um, like just a couple years ago based on something really stupid that took a very simple supplement to fix in just three months. So, and now had I gone to a regular doctor, your standard HMO PPO doctor, had they took the general CBC with the lipid panel, they would have been like, you're doing great. And do you talk about that in your book? Um, I don't talk about that. That actually happened a little bit after I finished like press the publish book, but um, I do talk about it on some podcasts and so, you know, I still think it's worth it. So like you can fix yourself, you can go down this road, but I think at a certain point, if you've been untreated for a while, some stuff has probably gone awry and it's probably worth a good functional workup to make sure everything's cleaned up and, and fixed up. And one of those things um, was that I actually was pre-diabetic and there were other inflammatory markers going on. And again, all of it was solved. Simple supplements. I didn't have to take drugs, nothing. It was just a matter of supporting certain symptoms that had been out of whack, you know, and, and no amount of coconut oil or whatever else is, was going to fix that. So there's value to doctors here, of course. And there's value. I think there's great value in functional workups. 
it helps you biohack. It helps you get to know yourself. And then now you know what to look out for and watch out for. And frankly, if you've made it to the urge of 35 and you've had any kind of life, you know, I used to be a cigarette smoker. I've tripped on acid in high school. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff I've done. And so, you know, I feel like you get to a certain age, probably good for a good functional midlife cleanup. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree. And, um, I, I mean, I think we could talk about this. By the way, not that functional medicine would get acid out of my spine. I'm just saying that. Um, no, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, I used to be a cigarette smoker. I, you know, you, we've eaten crappy, right? You know, you get the gut health is off. So, you know, I feel like it's time at some point when you go through one of these dealios with the health crisis, it's like, get this whole thing just from a whole body perspective. Um, yeah. and, then, and then it's amazing. I mean, life is amazing. I, I, I cry thinking about my former self. I just had the moment today. I, I often have it because I talk to people who are crying to me about the thyroid. It totally gets very depressing. And um, I have moments where I think I was swimming laps this morning and I had a moment remembering, I can almost be brought to tears right now thinking about it, remembering how lonely and scared I was knowing that I was on my own and all these doctors just no one would help me and they were hurting me. And I had this moment in the pool this morning where I started to just choke up crying because I was so sad for my former self, so hopeless, so lonely, so no one's helping me. No one's helping me. Um, and it was awful. And you know what, though? If I could just go back and tell that former self, you're going to be great. You are going to kill this thing. You know what I mean? I, so there's moments that the appreciation for feeling wonderful never gets old once you get past it. And I want to share that sentiment with anyone going through health problem. And you talk to someone who's got breast cancer, they go, actually, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And some people are like, what? How could cancer be awesome? That's not cool. No, hypothyroidism was one of the best things that ever happened in my life. Um, one of the things was I used to be very judgmental against fat people before. When I was fit, do what I thought, doing the right paradigm, I used to be really judgmental. I'd walk by fat people or obese people, and I think to myself, oh, my God, stop eating. Like, I was kind of a jerk inside my head about it, you know what I mean? Because I was so disciplined, because I was so on it. And then I got a problem that made me fat without my control. So now I'm living in a world where I'm being judged by everybody as a fat slob who doesn't work out when I'm actually working out every day. And I started to – I will never – in fact – I would choose hypothyroidism again just for that, just to move past that and un having a level of empathy, of understanding what it's like to not know what's going on with you, being falling apart. So now when I see some bloated fat woman with acne, I don't go, oh, geez, get it together, lady, like I might have 20 years ago. You know, I go, oh, my God, I hope she finds out what's wrong with her, you know, or like I, I wish her a better... Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's a different vibration, man. You know what I mean? And, and most people in this world don't know, except for the flu occasionally, what it's like to feel horrible in the brain and the body. And so I'm here to tell you that it's a gift because when you get beyond it and then you're not hypo anymore and you're feeling great, life's great, you never take it for granted. Never take it for granted. The, again, like again, this morning in the pool, it's been so many years, and here I am having this like teary-eyed gratitude session because I'm recalling how horrifically alone and you know. And I always look at it this way; it's kind of funny, but um, I kind of feel like hypothyroidism fucked with the wrong chick. This just—I mean, they just like I always was like, oh my god, I'm not totally shocked it picked me 
because I am that kind of person that's like, uh, no, no, justice will prevail. Like, I'm not going to be, you're not going to chump me kind of, you know, person in this world. And, and so to, to get shot down with this kind of thing, I feel like, you know what, maybe I was, it was destined. I was destined to be that person. That's like, Oh no, Oh no, we're fixing this. So I'm, I'm proud to have had this happen to me. I'm proud to be a part of dispelling this, getting people better. Um, and changing this, you know, I have had do- the wonderful thing about this is, you know, I had such bad experience with the doctors for so many years. And now I've got these wonderful doctors that are contacting me from all over the country who are saying, I read your book. I, 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 I've seen two with my patients. There's more to this. I want to learn more. You know, just because someone got their MD 30 years ago, they don't know something that could be out now. You have to keep learning, you know, and that's another thing I talk about a lot too. You know, the Dr. Forsman on my book, he's still a geek about medicine at 55 years old. He still geeks out. He wants to find the problem. I mean, what happened to all of the doctors in medical school? So excited, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Be doctor. Oh, we solved this problem. And then what? They just become complacent and don't get another degree or learn anything for 30 years. So are you going to such a doctor? I want to go to a doctor that keeps geeking out, keeps getting, you know, new certifications or keeps, at the, at the forefront of things. That's who you want to be with as a doctor, no matter who they are. You know what I mean? Um, so that's another tidbit. So overall, I'd have to say, I mean, it's a very positive experience. And oddly enough, I mean, who would have ever thought that this would coincide with my career as a writer? I just did not imagine that that would, never thought I'd write a thyroid book. And, you know, uh, but I tell you what, it happens to me wherever I go all over the world. And that's why I wrote it. So for a while, I would be coaching random strangers. Someone would mention thyroid and I'd go, let me help you. Send me your labs, you know, that kind of stuff. And then finally I was like, okay, I think I should write a book. But it really wasn't until I made the paleo primal connection with it because every other thyroid book will tell you, it does, they don't have what I have in my book, but they'll tell you some basics theoretically that might be all similar. But they don't really get in the nitty gritty of how, 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 how do I dose? What do I do? What should my labs look like? What do I do? Um, if you look at any thyroid diet book out there, all it is is just a compilation of all the different diets. You can do this one. You can do this one. You can do this one. No, they can't all be right. So what's the one? So I am the first person in the world to connect paleo primal ancestral health with the thyroid system. They coincide together on a scientific level in a million ways. Um, and the connection needed to be made. So the only reason I contributed to space was because that light bulb went off at one point. I was like, there's the, there's the thyroid book that hasn't been written. And it wasn't until I experienced it. It wasn't like I came up with it trying to be sneaky. Like, Ooh, how can I get an angle on this thyroid, this thyroid book? So I'm going to, it was, it just happened. And then it, I was compelled to write the book. It wasn't a, um, it, it was logical the book you endeavor. You had. It really, I mean, I was looking for this book, man. I've waste, I've read every thyroid book. I mean, I've read over 30, you know, and None of them still, even the ones that are out recently in the past year, they still don't do the job that I do. Um, and I'm not saying that to be a braggart. I'm just saying because, you know, the best-selling thyroid books have been written by patients. There's a reason for that. We, ex- we know what it's like. We, yeah. we have firsthand biohacking experience in this. I'm also the o- uh, one of two authors in the world who 
has been on T3 only medication and has had a reverse T3 problem and can speak to that. That's very rare. Most people don't ever have to go on T3 only. So they don't know really what that's like. I have extensive experience because I've been on it for five years. Um, I've made mistakes with it. I've had too much. I've had too little. I've, I've been... I've seen how diet and carbs affect it. I mean, I've been able to do so much self-experimentation with it, but a lot of authors don't have that knowledge either, and doctors don't either. Um, you know, it's like trying to explain to a male gynecologist what menstrual cramps feel like. It, you know, they can only kind of commiserate to a certain degree where a woman is going to go, oh, I get it, right? So it's the same thing with someone who's suffered with hypothyroidism or anything else really for that matter, right? Yeah. L, this is this is one of the best biohacking stories that I've, I've heard in a long time especially <laughs> because like we've scratched the surface and we scratched and we're, it and we're talking about like one gland in the body and right and um and I mean we didn't even talk about like the specific ranges and and the problem foods and the daily targets and um I think I, I think a lot of this stuff people will benefit by getting your book and um maybe we can dig into some some more um in the future, because I know there's, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot more rocks we could turn over just still talking about the thyroid. And right. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a minimum two hours sometime expose, you know, cause there are mm-hmm. a lot of nuances to it, but hopefully, you know, that's enough to whet people's appetite and to also know again, uh, you don't have to, I mean, my book's like the, one of the cheapest thyroid books out there, but you know, you don't have to buy and spend money to get good free information. I mean, that's what bummed me out. I spent 15,000 bucks of my own money as a broke actor many, many years ago and no one helped me. I got nothing for that money. So my thing is like, I want to give people all the free, you get on the right path. Here's the free. And if you need to buy my book, that's fine. But here's enough to go on and you don't have to sign up for a newsletter. You can just literally contact me on my website and go, yo, heard you on a thyroid podcast. Where's the thyroid information? That's it. Happy to uh, send that to anyone. And um, within that email are some articles and other podcasts where I talk with the doctor on my book. And so there's, there's so much free learning, you know? Um, and I think that's why I also offer free consults as well, because it's just, you need to get your head wrapped around this and you end up spending a lot of money, all these supplements, then you just stop taking this, then you go to this doctor, they tell you to do that. Next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, it's been thousands of dollars. I'm still not better. You know, and I, I, I don't want that to happen to people. So my, my goal is to get everyone from A to Z as quickly as possible. And so Al, for people, they, they know to pick up your book, uh, The Paleothyroid Solution. Where's, where's the best places for them to keep up to speed with what you're working on and, and cool projects? Is it, is it lruss.com, E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com? It is. And then also every Monday, um, I'm the host of the Primal Blueprint podcast where we talk about, you know, health and all these kind of issues like you. Uh, sometimes, for example, this Monday, it was Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson. So sometimes Mark Sisson still hosts and jumps in there. But for the most part, you can hear me interviewing people in the space um, on Mondays. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Well, Al, this has been um incredibly helpful. Lots of, lots of gold nuggets here and stuff for people to take control of their, uh, and responsibility for their health and, um, and, and follow through on some of these first steps on getting it figured out if they, if they suspect they may be dealing with a thyroid issue. So thank yeah. you. My pleasure. And I just want to leave everyone with this. Don't let anybody, doctor, fellow patient, anyone tell you that you're always going to suffer from X because you have hypothyroidism. This is totally 100% solvable. 
So if you feel that way because of something someone told you, they lied, they're wrong. This, there is an end to this. And you must know that. It's not, I'm not giving a false sense of hope here. If we were talking about cancer, maybe I wouldn't be saying the same thing. I'd go, I don't know. Sometimes it's not fixable. This one is fixable. So you don't give up. You keep persevering. Had I not kept persevering, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. You know what I mean? So, so I know it's tough if you're out there and you're suffering, but you just keep going because this is literally 100% solvable. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Al. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Earth Pulse PEMF Sleep on Command device. If you're looking for better sleep, enhanced mitochondrial function, improved performance, and accelerated recovery, I highly recommend you check out the Earth Pulse. Within the first week of sleeping on my Earth Pulse, I was seeing improved exercise performance, delayed onset of fatigue, I noticed more energy during my workouts, and I was able to break the three-minute mark on a static breath hold. I now sleep on my Earth Pulse PEMF, which stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field device every single night. I have the one that has two coils. One goes under your pillow, one goes under your mattress, and I take it with me when I travel. I don't leave home without it. Every time I use my Earth Pulse, I wake up feeling clearer, calmer, and more energized. And I can tell the difference if I skip using it for a few nights. What's even cooler is it's incredibly easy to use. I just put it in manual mode, set it to 9.6 hertz, and about 15 minutes before my alarm is going to go off. And that's it. It's very easy, just a couple buttons, and the performance-enhancing benefits are profound. To learn more about the Earth Pulse and check out some of the scientific literature, you can go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Earth Pulse. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E. 